Welcome back to Buffalo Bills Paradise Podcast. Um, Wildcard Weekend kind of took a lot out of me. It just didn't even, as we all know, play. Mm. You know, you forget, like, when you're watching every team, like, that's a different kind of mental toughness. This just, like, only three games. It's totally different. I feel like it was much harder. We get... We get spoiled with like 17 weeks of commercial free football and then we get better football in the playoffs, but you got to sit through all those like Apple watch commercials where people are dying and stuff. It's the Taco it's a Bell commercials talking about astrology signs. Yeah. It, it's hard to sit on a couch and watch football all day. I know what you three want to talk about. So just go for it. It, the Bills are the greatest team ever. No yeah, team I don't... <laughs> has ever played a better offensive game than that, ever. Yeah, I mean, teams seven have scored more points, sure. Seven but... touchdowns. Yeah, Only every thing that possession. broke the streak was a nil, which is yeah. crazy. But even then, I mean, it's, it's another drive that just didn't end until the whistle. It's it's fantastic. I'm, uh, I was shocked and amazed, and I got to... Uh, I mean, obviously, it's encouraging as a Bills fan to see literally the the single most dominant offensive performance of all time. But it was just that. I mean, we've got to understand that we will likely never be able to replicate that. It's unlikely most NFL teams are ever able to replicate that. That was a once-in-a-lifetime offensive performance. And we can be thrilled and we can be happy and we can say it was fantastic because it was. But... It's never going to be quite that good again. And it's sort of a, how close to the sun did we just fly? Yeah. <laughs> but the stats crazy. are just insane. Mm-hmm. Seven touchdowns, seven drives, Allen. Five touchdowns, four incompletions. The, mm-hmm. the Bills never got to a fourth down. They only faced six third downs all game. And they're, like, they didn't run a single negative play. The Patriots had no sacks, no tackles for loss. They gained yards on every play no until punch, Mr. Bisky no kneeled the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the most dominant performance we've ever seen, and uh, even the, the defense looked really good too. They did. I mean, like I will say that looked dominant. As an objective NFL fan, um, Mac Jones was making some plays, and he got let down by his guys early. Um, obviously, he fell off, and they the just couldn't on. dig him, dig themselves out of the hole they created. No, it's sort of a, the the whole idea that a lot of a lot of great offensive teams with good secondaries want to do, which is you put up points early and you force them to throw at you because you know it's your strength, and we were able to do that. Um, it's it, it was an incredible show, um, but I imagine that that game was probably one of the least exciting games of the weekend for non Bills fans because it's uh, it's been a, a lot of blowouts. They could have made it entertaining. I would have liked to just eliminate the clock, and if they just kept playing the game um, until the Patriots could have got the Bills off the field, I would have liked to have seen if the game would have ended before oh, Rams-Cardinals on Monday night. Breaking news. <laughs> Next Sundays will be right after the Chiefs-Bills game around 10 o'clock Eastern. The rematch. That's, that's going to be crazy because the Chiefs look damn good today too. They started slow and then they scored 35 points in 11 minutes. <laughs> All right. So while Bryce puts out his PSA about next week's schedule, uh, Theo, Yeston, and I 
you realize that this is the only podcast in America that's having a podcast tomorrow that didn't lead with the Cowboys game. I think like Buffalo Bills podcasts even are. They're just like, yeah, oh yeah, you know, point. we dominated the Patriots, but let's just talk about that. And let's just talk about that. Uh, did the Cowboys lose or did the 49ers win? The Cowboys lost. Mike McCarthy lost yet again. Um, that's the thing is Dallas got rid of Jason Garrett, who you would have thought was the worst possible coach. You can't get any worse than Jason Garrett. And they somehow found Mike McCarthy, who's just Jason Garrett all over again. Like yeah, he's a little bigger. He doesn't have a hand in the offense or the defense. Like they have a, like Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn are calling plays. So like all Mike McCarthy's job is like to make sure the team's disciplined and like to manage the clock and stuff like that. And they commit more penalties than any team in the league. And they do a horrible job of managing the clock. So that's that. Yeah. Mike McCarthy's the guy that was going six and 10 with Aaron Rodgers and made us think that he was washed. Yeah. That was just a, a horrible display for Mike McCarthy. I don't think he had very many supporters left. But the few that there were, just that was the. What's hilarious too is Dak said when they practiced that play, he would always handed it to um, the center and not the referee. Like that's just terrible coaching. That's losing coaching right there. Mm -hmm. I just can't and, even believe that was practiced. Like if you just think about it, there was 18 seconds left. They were at the 40, so they were already close enough to throw to the end zone. So with 18 seconds, they would have had two shots to throw to the end zone. Like gaining 15 yards and running that time off, it would have their options were basically if it, everything worked out perfectly, they would have had one chance at the end zone from the 25. I feel like taking two chances from the 40 is just better. Okay, so everybody's gonna be like, oh, what a stupid play by Dak, what a stupid play by Mike McCarthy, blah, blah, blah. I get it running the ball with whatever it was, 14 seconds left, and then running in the middle of the or sliding in the middle of the field I should say was dumb but if the referee does it just like totally run right into Dak they get the spike off and they get one more play but I well, mean, you should know not to hand it to your center though and hand it to mm -hmm. the referee like that's football 101 right there even like seven-year-olds know that mm -hmm. yeah i I just think that, like, if this happened to any other team, it'd be like, oh, you know, referee, blah, blah, blah. But it's the Cowboys. It's so America's just gonna... team, so it's going to be it's going to be talked about. It, it also is just always hilarious to see that the Cowboys stadium, like Jerry Jones, Jerry World, work against him and his team. Like Cedric Wilson had that open pass that he dropped because the sun was in his eyes. And then the punter kicked it off the giant scoreboard they have. Somebody said that it's just a new and improved version of Tropicana Field. For those of you that don't watch baseball, Tropicana Field is a dome in Tampa Bay, Florida for the Tampa Bay Rays. It's got this big catwalk and balls ricochet off it all the time. And it, it's like playing wiffle ball in your friend's backyard with all the rules <laughs> that they have to make up basically every season with it. But everyone knows that like Tropicana Field is horrible. But Jerry World says you like a state-of-the-art facility, and it's just not. Like, they, they built it – first of all, they built it east to west, which is where the sun sets, and then they put that huge 
glass panel up so that God could watch his favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> but now all that happens is the sun sets at the time where football games happen and the sun drops right through that panel and just blinds everyone on the field. It's ridiculous. Well, what's hilarious too is they made that multi-million dollar scoreboard and all that happened was um, punts hitting it every, every game. Like it's the, the refs don't even know what to do. They called a redo on that punt. Like I've never seen a redo in professional sports. That's that's what happens with like at, at the pee wee level. Speaking of redos, what was hilarious was um, that respot on fourth down. <laughs> I, I think like, they, they don't even know what's going on. Time. Yeah, they don't even know what's going on half the time. In what bad crazy- weekend for the refs. Yeah, what's crazy about that game, besides the fact that it was the Nickelodeon wildcard special, was that it was one of those, similar to last week, where every weird situation that could have happened almost did. That's what happened in this one. Like, that fourth down gets overturned. Then it's like, oh, imagine a false start. And then it's like, oh, a false start on the 49ers. And then... One from third and four to third and 14. Yeah, just... If you're a Cowboys fan, like I, I, it's like one of those, on you don't know if you should laugh or game. cry. That's just how how weird it was. For should them. be like that uh, girl in the stands and just ball your eyes out. The, the Niners are also just some like easy Jimmy Garoppolo completions away from like putting the game away, and instead they ended up in that like a a heart racing finish that really didn't even need to happen. But like Jimmy G was trying his best to lose that game. Yeah. Going forward, we'll talk about it more on Tuesday, but just I, I don't know what you're going to get with Jimmy G. I'm not looking forward to watching him play at in 15 degree weather at Lambeau field. I think I mean, his thumb might actually break off. Probably will, yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to throw that. It's going to be all Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel running the ball. Can we get some – We Debo's played running back and wide receiver. Maybe we get Debo Samuel Wildcat quarterback next week. I mean, you're already going to run with him, Take it 15 yards. And Dak being announced as the Nickelodeon valuable player before – the last play happened is just so perfect. That was really one of the best sports moments you'll ever see. The fact you know that, that he ran away with it is incredible. <laughs> and that then those events transpired, just perfection. You know what that means though, is Dak's going to be the backup to Josh Allen next year. As an, as an MVP winner, it's in his contract. Yeah. Now we can have three MVPs <laughs> on our team. Allen, Trubisky last year, and now Dak. Dad, the Allen one doesn't really count. That's a regular season one. Still, it's, it's an MVP. I'll still count it. This is a real deal. <laughs> like, this game in particular, I feel like there's so much that you could say, and you could literally dissect every little thing that happened, but also, like, I never want to talk about that game again. Yeah, that's like, that's the beauty of the NFL is sometimes the best games are just like we get it because there's so much incompetence like that. The reason that game was so crazy is because both teams were screwing up in every possible way imaginable. 
yeah, I just don't, I don't even want to think about that game anymore. And it's crazy. Like George Kittle did absolutely nothing. Jimmy G did like barely enough. Debo was there. Mitchell wasn't a huge threat, it looked like. And then Brendan Ayuk went back to his week one through five performance. Did Zeke ran the ball like what, 12 times? Yeah, the Cowboys barely ran it. And Tony Pollard, when he ran, looked much better than him. Randy Gregory wanted to lose, like, and he made that very obvious. That was so stupid. That was dumb. Which one? The the two encroachments, the, the, the last play on the third the tackle. down. It's just tackle oh. I'm talking about. I just couldn't believe it. But that that's yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. CD Lamb was in witness protection. Like I thought that was the matchup they were gonna dominate. The the Niners corners were supposed to be terrible. And yeah, Cooper and Lamb combined for eight six catches for 85 yards. Like and this that's is not a, what I was expecting. This is a Niners secondary that's loaded with injuries that has to start uh, Josh Norman. And yeah, like, throw at Norman top every receivers play. have 80, 86 yards. It's terrible football. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about anything else. Let's go from that game to Philadelphia Buccaneers, why don't we? Oh, another great game to talk um, about. This, Get to this talk I, about okay. how Hurts sucks. Th- that was a bad look for Jalen Hurts. I, you can call this a hot take from me or whatever. The fact that it was only a two-possession game final says more about the Bucks than it should. Like, they dominated the game. They didn't even play that well. And it shouldn't have even been within 16 points. I Like, if anything, I think less of them after this game. Yeah, Like, that's what Hurts does in garbage time. Like, the first matchup, too. Because the final score was 28-22 when they played in their regular season. So I think some people thought the Eagles had a chance because that game was close. But if you look at that, the Bucs were up 28-7 in that game, and they doubled the Eagles in yards and time of possession, which is like basically what they did today. Like they just took a sledgehammer to the Eagles because they're a much better football team. And like, again, the final score gets a little misleading because Jalen Hurts is the king of garbage time. Yeah, you can't really look at the final score in much of these games from this weekend because, like you said, the garbage time points and stats will just – It'll lie to you. Like, this game was a blowout from the start, and there was no way Philly was coming back from this. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of defending Hurts all year as a young quarterback, but t- today was really bad. Like, he, he was just missing throws you have to make as an NFL QB. It... And then he has a clean pocket, and he takes off and runs. Mm-hmm. That, that's like, he, he can't make a play from the pocket. With... Uh, yeah and just Jalen Hurts not being able to do anything in the first half and the entire Philadelphia Eagle offense that's what's sad what's sad is in the entire first half Devontae Smith their best receiver had two targets and one of them was a terrible interception that should probably shouldn't have been thrown Mm -hmm. well well, on, on that play like Smith routed up his man like was wide open in the end zone and then Hurts didn't throw from the pocket 
pocket. He rolled out. He threw the ball probably three seconds too late, and it got picked by a safety who had a chance to come all the way from the other side of the field and cut it off. I mean, you got to process these plays better than he did tonight or today. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't good football. It's what you'd expect him to clean up in uh, college. And it was clear the Eagles didn't trust him because the basically the whole first half they only ran screen plays it was run run screen like screen after screen and eventually they just got down by so much they had to throw down the field but you could tell that was not something they wanted to do you know that gordon ramsay meme it's like uh oh no like sweet precious whatever and then it's him yelling at somebody and he's like no you donkey like at at one point i was like oh sweet, sweet Jalen, like, please stop trying to throw down the field. And then I was just, like, getting mad at him for not being able to do it. It actually hurt me watching him try to throw it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there was a completion to Goddard, and Goddard had to, like, basically sprint in seven yards to make the catch. And I was just like, uh, this is a, a horrible day to be a Jalen Hurts fan. Hurts reminds me a little bit of Tyrod Taylor. Like, he has great mobility. He'll run everywhere and make the flashy plays but he's not gonna you know win you football games win you playoff games with his arm yeah that, that's his ceiling I because I, I thought his ceiling could have been a little higher just because he was a young QB but just with the traits he has I think he's already he maybe not has reached it but he's towards the top of his ceiling which is going to be like a Tyrod Taylor like if you put a good defense around him he'll manage a game you can go nine and seven ten and six make the playoffs There's, there's just nothing else to say about this game. I guess if you're a Bucks fan, hope that the offensive line can get healthy. Yeah, I haven't heard any I mean, reports on them. Tristan Wirfs, he has an ankle sprain, I think, but he he got hurt. Brennan Wells, or I forget his first name, but um, he got hurt earlier, and he had to come and play injured. So they, Brady didn't have a lot of help, and it showed a lot of times when he got hit think he took like five sacks yeah if Worfs is hurt the Bucks are in huge trouble next week especially if they get the Rams and they have that backup right tackle lining up against Von Miller like the, Ryan Jensen that's, that's big trouble yeah yeah the Bucks were already so hurt like they, they could not afford to lose anyone else and Worfs is probably the second most important player on their offense behind Brady it's sad. They couldn't afford to lose anyone else, and they actually did lose everyone else today. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, as we're getting into now the third game of the day, uh, this was just like such a weird wild card weekend, you know? It was a lot of bad seven seeds playing against the top teams today. And that, the worst of them all. Pittsburgh Steelers. Finally, Big Ben is gone. Big Ben Gardner knew Minshew what was come happening home. earlier this week. His first half stats, I, I don't remember what they were exactly, but I remember they started the second half and they showed up, they put up like the quarterback stats and it was like Mahomes on the right side with 240 yards. And on the left side was Ben with like 12 pass attempts for 14 yards or something like that. And I actually just like started laughing like out loud, like Big Ben just he, he beca- he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he he just became comedy towards the end of the season. A lot of 
um, Ben stats came in the fourth quarter. He finished with 215 yards and two TDs, but on 44 um, attempts. So he, it's like his last three or four games. He'll throw 50 times and only get 150, 200 yards. It's nothing to wow your eyes about if you actually look at the game. Yeah, 4.9 yards per pass attempt is just so, so bad. Najee couldn't get going either. 12 carries, 29 yards. Then he had that fumble in the third quarter. Yeah, good Jared riddance McKinnon to the really Steelers. surprised me, though. Mm-hmm. He looked good had today. Like 100, over 100 yards scrimmage with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Was that? He ran or he runs a lot better than Edward Solaire does. Yeah, that, that's I was thinking about that today too. Like the draft is just so hard. Like you you think the Chiefs are like one of the best, most well-run teams, and they're still out here using first round picks on Clyde Edwards Alaire. Like that just shows you that no one in the NFL really has it figured out. Yeah, and we didn't even bring up Jalen Rager and just the disappointment that he is. Oh god. Oh yeah. If he wasn't a first round pick, he would like he would have been cut so long ago. I can't believe they're even still running him out there. If he wasn't first-round pick and picked right before Justin Jefferson, I don't know if he'd be getting as much hate as he is right now. Like on Guys, that, come he, on. he got he's taken so out. Bad. He got taken out by Scotty Miller. Like he's <laughs> so bad. I couldn't believe that muff, muffed punt. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. I could. I just can't believe it any week with him. It's just he never so bad. does anything good. He shouldn't touch the field again next season. And, and anytime you think he does something good, like they, they the, the guy rolls over and it's not number 18 Jalen Rager, it's actually number 16 Quez Watkins. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry we had to bring up the Eagles again, but just like J- Jalen Rager, I I hope he doesn't think he was gonna get away with one and pull a fast one on us. Chiefs though looked great. Mahomes fumbled, woke up, dominated. What else is new? McKinnon looks really good in um, in the past game. He was second on the team in uh, yards and receptions. Had six for eighty-one and touchdown. Behind or in front of Tyreek Hill and Demarcus Robinson, which I think says a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge weapon for them because early in the year, the way the teams teams were beating the Chiefs was like just dropping into coverage. And like challenging Mahomes to take a check down. And he wasn't taking the check downs. He was being too aggressive. He was firing the ball downfield. But now to have like a good safety blanket like McKinnon, which it seems like he trusts because he targeted him six times today. Like it just makes the Chiefs offense so much better when they can take the simple check downs because it opens up all the deep stuff that you saw uh, later in the game. Yeah. And just like this game too, I don't. I don't want to have to talk about it, you know. I learned nothing from the Chiefs besides that we already knew they were really good, and the Steelers shouldn't have been. We there. learned nothing yeah. about the Steelers. Brandon Staley's more yeah. about the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, screw, yeah. Screw the seventh playoff seat because we're talking about the Steelers and the Steelers suck, and we're in the when playoff. We should, be talking we should about not be talking about teams that suck. Yeah. We. I thought we finished talking about teams that sucked last week after the regular season. Yeah. Hopefully this was the last week. I, I think we're in the clear. Raiders it lost. Should be with Eagles the Steelers lost. Steelers and lost. Raiders. Yeah. But 
there is there was one game that like wasn't that it was good or great, but everybody loves Joe Burrow now. Apparently, he's the most liked player in the NFL. I heard on Instagram. I don't that know about that. Bengals but... offense is nasty. I mean, outside of offensive line, they're set at every single position. Speaking of nasty, that CJ Uzoma, Uzuma, whatever, gritty, icky shuffle thing, disgusting. <laughs> I hated that. But back to back to the on the field stuff. I'm sorry, Bryce. No, you know, I don't even remember what I was gonna say. But um yeah, they're the uh, Bengals' top three receivers could all be wide receiver ones on pretty much any other team, and they have all three starting right now, which says a lot about how they draft. And they still have Samaji P. Ryan, Joe Mixon, and C.J. Uzoma. Yeah, you I mean, say the Bengals weren't going to make yet? it easy. What's that? Do you want to you apologize to Zach Taylor yet, Bryce? For what? You were you were just saying he wasn't ready yet. I mean, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but, you know, like yeah, we week, all have week seven. takes that we want to take back from week one or week two. Ah, no, you were saying it a little we later thought the, on. We thought the Panthers and Broncos were a good team. No, nah, we up really did week though. four. We we were like, let's let's pump the brakes on them. All right, well, fair. I shouldn't say we did, but a lot of fans did. That's fair. But that was cool that he gave, like, the city of Cincinnati a game ball. Yeah. And uh, Joe Burrow looks like he really wants to be there. I I really hope tomorrow, like, redeems the weekend. Yeah, we we need a I think that's going to be a really close game. High scoring, close game. Whatever Cardinals Cardinals team we get is how the game's going to go. And I know that that probably makes no sense, or you're like, yeah, obviously. But, like, if the Cardinals only score 18, the Rams are only going to score gonna 21. The Rams are going to blow them out. No, I think, like, the Rams will, like, go off of what, like, the Cliffs vibe is, you know? If it's a low-scoring game, it'll be a low-scoring game. But if the Cardinals feel like, you know, putting up 35, Chargers or Rams will put up 42 or 28. The Rams need this game in the worst way possible because all the moves and all the money they spent this offseason just to lose in the wild card would really put a damper on everything. Spent a lot to get Stafford, spent a couple uh, second rounds on um, Von Miller, then they got Odell Beckham. So with all that, you'd think they're going to blow him out, but with everything we've seen from them this season, you never know what you're going to get. I think we're getting a good game, but I, I don't know who to pick because I can't get myself to trust either of these quarterbacks. Like they're both dynamic and great at some points, but you have like Matt Stafford just makes some bad decisions. And Kyler has been a little shaky down the stretch. Um, Miller has been quiet. I, I lean towards the Rams. Cause I, I think I trust McVay to put a game plan together more than I do Cliff Kingsbury. So that's where I'm going to lean, but yeah, I still don't think is Cliff is that great of a coach. Yeah, I mean, the they, Cardinals have been losing to teams there that they, that they should be beating on paper. Uh, 
the last couple of weeks of the season, which I definitely falls on Cliff. I mean, this is just like not about the game really at all. I don't like that this is a Monday night game. That's not fair to whichever team that wins and has to play on a short week. Yeah, that's true. Especially if they, I mean, I guess they'll make it so they won't get the Saturday game, but. Yeah, but still. Yeah, it would have been even worse if they like had to face Green Bay after this though. And Green Bay was off a bye and they were on a short week. So at least the yeah, Niners I mean, want to help that help that case. Yeah, but they play like Arizona whoever wins plays or, the three o'clock game on Sunday. So it's like not yeah, even so six days. Yeah. I mean, but, it, I mean it's still a nice break though, because you're even in the um regular season, you're gonna get five, six days. Yeah, but like in the regular season when you play on Monday night, they still complain about having to play on Sunday and being like, oh short week. Mm. So in the playoffs, I imagine it'll be the same thing. Yeah, if if they, if they, if one of these teams wins or one of the teams has to win, if they lose next week, I I imagine they'll complain a bunch and maybe something will happen or maybe Roger Goodell will say, "Look, we made a ton of money, so shut up, we don't care." <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, JJ Watt, he's coming back for whatever reason. I get it. He is always hurt. He doesn't know, you know, being making the playoffs isn't guaranteed ever. He wants to play in a playoff game. I totally get that. I respect him coming back and, you know, whatever. But is he going to be of any impact? Like Juju tonight did no. absolutely nothing. So is he going to be more Both like Both Watt and Juju came back too soon. And yeah. now Watt, like Watt's going to give some extremely corny pregame speech, I'm sure, which – We'll get posted everywhere. Not looking forward to it. Hype up the Cardinals just to score 20 points. So, Bryce, you think Cardinals, they're not not winning, you think? Uh, I'll have to go with Rams. How much? How much? Yeah. By... By a touchdown plus. Oh, not that this is a bad thing, too. It kind of is, because I this is, like, the game I cared the most about this weekend. I hate – well, no, I don't hate, but they're better than, like, uh, the regular Monday Night Crew. But the fact that this is a Manning cast game, I'm going to pay attention so much less. <laughs> not that that's bad, but, like, I don't know. I, I think mean, the I, Manning cast have been pretty cool, though. No, it has been, but I don't pay attention to, like, the game at all. It's like when you're, like, playing a video game and watching whatever on the side. You, like, glance over at the side, meaning the game in the Manning cast sense, but then your actual video game you're playing is Eli and Peyton's faces in the left-hand corner, and you're just looking at them instead of the game. Yeah, you can't focus on the game too much because of all the background stuff, all the interviews and everything. Yeah. They need to. I love the Manning cast, but next year I need to see Eli and Peyton all, like on the same couch together. No, no more of the virtual stuff. I need to see them in the booth together. Yeah, anything. I just want them in the same room together. They'd be better than Louis Reddick, Steve Levy, and Bob Grease. Yeah, for sure. That's the bad um, thing too. I really like Steve Levy, and I really like Louis Riddick, but Brian Greasy I, just not like, brings nothing. Louis Riddick's not bad. 
I think he'll get a GM GM job eventually. Well, if Adam Schefter keeps like floating your name out there for it, it has. I mean, Mike Mayock got one when he was on NFL Network, so Louis Riddick should, and he's a lot smarter than uh, Mayock. Hey, Mike Mayock built a playoff team with an interim coach. Yeah, but Mike Mayock's on the hot seat right now. For what? I heard rumblings like two weeks, one or two weeks ago, that um, he could be fired this offseason. Why? You think because he was like Gruden's guy? I think so, yeah. And he's like, a, he's like the draft Scott, guy, and all their draft picks stink. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. Damon Arnett hasn't been that great, and now he's gone. So, I mean, who else do they have that's worth anything from these past drafts? Alex Leatherwood, I haven't really liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Amik Robertson hasn't been as great as everyone hoped. Henry Ruggs was off and on when he was still um, a free man. Yeah, uh, Cleveland Farrell, that was the miss, which that they made up for by finding Crosby later. But I still don't, that I'm not willing to excuse using a top five pick on Cleveland Farrell. Uh, first round pick on Josh Jacobs. That was not return on investment. Jonathan Abram hasn't been uh, what everyone bad. hoped either. He's played like yeah. what, like 14 games in three years? Yeah, that's a big red flag. And one of them was that Chiefs game where they literally just threw at him every single play. Like they completed 13 passes with Didn't Abram as the closest defender. Like yeah, it was like almost 200 yards against him. Like he got exposed. Oh, speaking of exposed, we didn't talk about it, which was surprising. Trey Diggs, that was an awful look today. He got beat on like a, a impromptu wheel route or go route, whatever ones happened. I don't remember the exact details of the route, but that was that was awful. Yeah, when you actually sit down and look at his games this season, you're not surprised because he allowed over a thousand yards this season in coverage. So if you've seen any of his games, this or today wasn't that huge of a shock. Mm-hmm. I, I there, like there was a big debate this week. I kind of thought he deserved to be on all pros because 11 interceptions is insane and the way that changes the game, but like, get, get this clear. But like that's this season only like the guys he's made it over like JC Jackson and AJ Terrell. They're better than Trevon Diggs. He just had a better season than them this year. But like what he did this year, yes. he's not going to be able to replicate. Yeah, it's like Josh Norman when he was in a contract here with the Panthers. Yeah, he went crazy. Exactly. Trayvon, and then he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year that year, right? That's probably no, JJ. So. But, year. He, but 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 he was he was an All Pro. And Marcus Peters had a couple All Pro seasons too, where he led the league in picks. But if you look at it, like he was getting towards. Well, yeah, that's coverage. just because like he would like. Uh, play off ball and then just creep the route and get him. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what Diggs does. Like, but, but Diggs is also a terrible tackler. Yeah. 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 Diggs gave up like 400 yards after the catch this year, which means he's being aggressive and then not making tackles. Yeah. He he has some flaws for sure. I mean, I don't know how much you guys agree with this, but I wonder if they're targeting him a lot because he's, um, allowed a lot of yards and reception so he's going to get a lot of picks yeah i mean yeah it makes sense but like 
because he, I think he got targeted like a, like 104 times this year. And because of the picks, like the QBR when he was targeted was only like 55. So like, that, that's pretty good if you look at that, at it like that, like he had a good season, but I think he'll just continue to get targeted in the future. And when, when those picks go down, like he, the, like the QBR against him is going to be higher. Is the completion going to be higher? Yeah. It's going to be another Marcus Peters type career for Trayvon. He's going to go to a few, few game or a few teams, get beat a lot in coverage, but still get hyped up because he's a ball hawk. Dang, Bryce, somebody, this Cole Shadle guy made fun of you for spelling Fox wrong. That's not cool. Does he know <laughs> that you're multitasking? I should have read it. I, I don't like, I assume there was like a U instead of an O or something. I, I don't know what it said. It was a FOC instead of an X. I, not cool, cool. <laughs> oh, uh, the Chiefs ran out of fireworks tonight, too. I don't know if you Did guys they really? saw that or, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, they ran out it, of touchdown fireworks. They were also launching toilet paper um, at the goalposts during I saw all that, their yeah. extra points. Well, when Not, you score touchdowns seven times, you're going to run out of fireworks seven, eight times, whatever it was. Not as cool as a dildo throw, but I respect the toilet paper throw. Yeah, that was elite. <laughs> and then you had the Patriots player. Uh, there was a picture of a Patriots player pointing at it, and that's a yeah, Hall of Fame picture. That's actually perfect, Theo. Uh, who is your guys' drop your nuts player table on the uh, long week? You guys know what I mean. Drop your nuts on the table player of the week. Yeah. It's got to be Josh Allen. Five touchdowns, four incompletions. That's, that's it right there. That is Viagra filled nuts <laughs> dropped on the table. <laughs> Also, why did Diana Rossini lie about him? Why did she say he was going to go sleeveless? Well, he was planning on it. Then he went outside and changed his mind. Because so it was like do we have negative five degrees. Josh Allen's leadership now. He's spreading was, fake news. So Yes. <laughs> it was negative five degrees outside. Yeah, but you tell Diana one thing and then you do a different thing. I don't know. I might have to change my Super Bowl pick. But yeah, I got Dawson Knox, the other uh, Viagra player today or yesterday. <laughs> Had two touchdowns, an insane grab uh, when Allen was throwing the ball away. I mean, yeah, he's became it... a really reliable option for uh, Josh this year. Yeah, he put and his nuts right on Kyle Duggar. What's you that, Stephen? If if Mitch goes down, Dawson Knox is right there, third string, slinging that thing. Oh yeah, yeah. He threw a TD with a broken hand this year. I think he leads the NFL in passing touchdowns thrown with a broken hand. Don't fact check it. You're probably, probably right though. Does. Um, I'm gonna go with the All Pro kick returner Braxton Berrios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't even play this Makes weekend. Sense. That's how that's how good he was. Finally, he got some respect. Uh, they never fumbled like Jalen Rager did. True. 